What's up, you guys? Welcome to episode 21 of Saturdays and Seltzers. Today we have my reactions to Urban Meyer being fired. We have our thoughts on the NHL as COVID cases start to rise and what we think will happen across other leagues and a mailbag segment for you guys. So let's have a great show. Let's go. It's Saturday. Yeah. Gonna talk a little bit, sip a little bit. Sarah. Kendra, I see you ladies. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. Uh. <laughs> Looking like you just graduated. Woo. Coming from a place that y'all gravitate. Looking like a boss, I just had to say. Woo. I know you got the sauce, no potato bread. Woo. What's up, party people? Welcome to Saturdays and Seltzers, the 61st most popular sports podcast in Mexico. My name is Kendra Middleton, and I can actually say that correctly this week because I don't know what happened last week. I listened to our episode back, and I didn't know how to say my own name, but I am joined by my co-host, Sarah Griffin. Sarah, you've had such an exciting week. I know that we have to be doing better than just okay this week. Yes, I'm doing great. I think we're both doing great this week, actually. Yeah, I think that this is a good week for us. Um, So before we get into what we're drinking, I think that we have to do our HLH first just because if, like, for the rest of the show, if we don't do our HLH, you won't know what we're talking about. So if you are new here or this is your first time listening to Saturdays and Seltzers, we do a segment called HLH every week, which is our high-low hero. So your high of the week, your low of the week, and your unexpected hero, something good that happened to you, just to kind of, I don't know, like, wrap up what you guys might have missed in our lives. So Sarah, what's your HLH this week? Okay, so my high obviously has to be I got a new job. Um, I'm working for the Woo! NHL now, which is exciting. So that's definitely my high. I'm going to be doing content with them. Um, my low, well, part of my low actually kind of goes with my high. So I made my job announcement on Twitter. But since then, you know how like when you like make tweets like that, like you'll get a lot of new followers. I got a bunch mm-hmm. of followers from like all these like cool like hockey people like following me and you know when someone like cool follows you and all of a sudden you kind of get like secondhand embarrassment like get conscious about what you're tweeting just for like a couple yes. days and then you kind of just forget about it yeah but like it was so or, like many- when a boy follows you yeah like it was so many people at once that I was like should I just like not talk for the next couple days because it's like one thing when it's one person but then when it was like a decent amount of them and they were like liking my stuff I was like oh my god this is so embarrassing like I just shouldn't talk but I think I'm kind of over it now who's, <laughs> who's the coolest person that followed you or, or can you not <laughs> shout it out <laughs> I will Andrew Ferens followed me. That was exciting for me because I love that. That is pretty cool. Yeah. I would say I got a couple of old NHL players in there now, and I was like, some of you guys kind of scare me, but that's okay. <laughs> My other low is just I it's actually why I'm drinking a Gatorade. Um, I've had like a migraine for like a week now. So <laughs> that's kind of sucked. I think it's just because I haven't been getting enough sleep. But then hero which Kendra knows this because I've been sending her TikToks at like between the hours of 1 and 2 a.m now is um I'm like deep on the side of TikTok with just like cute little kids and babies it's all my for you pages it's a mix of babies and then like conspiracy theories but I keep sending Kendra all the little kids and the babies I'm like I want one Okay, so that has to be my low of the week is you telling me <laughs> that you want a child. I'm like, Sarah, with, with who? Like, are you kidding? 
Plus, kids are just crotch monsters. They're like a pet sperm you get to keep permanently. <laughs> but they're so cute. And I know, like, I, I feel like I just need to have, I don't have any, like, young, like, I, no one I know has, like, little kids or anything. So I never see little kids. And I feel like I'm missing out. And I know if I saw them more regularly, I'd be like, no, I don't want children. <laughs> Our late night TikTok feed is just so different. Mine is, like fucking i don't know like scary shit like what are the like uh night walkers is that what they're called skinwalkers skinwalkers my late night tiktok for you page is always skinwalkers always skinwalkers like i've been following this one girl who lives in like minnesota or something and this one's been like following her and i don't even like scary shit like i hate scary shit Mm -hmm. but like for some reason at night my I'm just on Skinwalker TikTok and now that my phone is listening to me I'm gonna be scared again tonight yep. with Skinwalker TikTok <laughs> so th- I'm gonna add that to my low of the week as you want a child and I'm on Skinwalker TikTok <laughs> um my HLH obviously if you haven't noticed not that I don't wear Jag stuff every show but fucking Urban Meyer is gone ding dong <laughs> the witch is dead um I have f- a plethora of things to say about this that we will get into. Um, my low is that yesterday I was in, like, so I know you don't play Xbox, but I was mm-hmm. in, so, like, the new map came out last week, which is, like, that was my high last week. And basically to play the new game, you have to have, like, a four people to play. And yesterday it was just me and my friend James. So we had, like, two random people play with us, like a Phil, which were, like, two other friends. And it was, like, just these two guys, like, tag-teaming, like, bullying me for being a girl. And one of them said that I sounded submissive and breedable. They love that phrase. I see that a lot on TikTok. <laughs> I don't know if like, it's just, are like, you kidding? teenage boys or what. They love that one. I know. I'm, like, uh, ew. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I can't deal... It's, like, I'm back to, like, when I was in high school, like, 2010, 2011 Xbox, when, like, you were allowed to be fucking nuts. And, like, back then, there were, like, no girl gamers. I was, like, the only girl. And you, it was just so toxic. So that's, that's my low of the week. My hero is that I am in the fantasy football playoffs with the number one seed. I owned my league this year, and I am going to... That I don't get bounced from, like, because I have to, I get to play, like, the worst person in our league now, and it's always Uh really embarrassing when, like, the league leader gets booted by, like, the shittiest team, so I'm gonna knock on wood that that doesn't happen to me, but your girl fucking owns fantasy football yet again, um, so yeah, that's my HLH this week, uh, from the sounds of it, it sounds like we are both not drinking today, because I got my booster shot today, so I am downing water, and you seem like you have a Gatorade, is this a first for us? Yeah, I think so. I don't think I have, I know this is the first week I haven't drank. Yeah, yeah, 21 weeks. And Sarah and I are f- giving our livers a break. Look at us. On the same this day, is growth. too. <laughs> this is growth. Are we maturing? I don't really know. I think so. <laughs> um. So usually I feel like we start off the show with MLB news, but obviously if you are familiar with our show, and baseball at all. There's really no MLB stuff right now. The only comment that I had about it before I get into the Urban Meyer stuff, which is like MLB related, but not really MLB related. The uh, New York City Red Bulls won last week and they are now the most recent team to hang a banner in Yankee Stadium. And I think that that is freaking fantastic. I don't know if you have any comments about this. I assume you do because you're a Yankee hater, but. I did because I saw some people on Twitter just from like Yankees fans that are like, 
all that shit would be hung there, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I mean, they play there. Like, I get that's probably embarrassing as a Yankees fan, but, like, that's what happens. Like, at Gillette, if the refs won, there would be a refs banner up. Like, <laughs> that's yep. what happens. You guys yep. probably should just start winning more. <laughs> yeah, right? Especially because, like, I mean, we talk about the, we talk about MLB all the time, but it's, like, they have the roster to do so, so just fucking make it happen, you dweebs. Yeah. I don't feel, Stop I mean, bitching about honestly, it. I don't feel bad for the Yankees fans, but I'm like, why are you complaining about that? A New York team won. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like not a team that you dislike. Like it's your, you have to claim them. Like you kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that was my only piece of baseball news this week. I don't think you had any baseball news this week. Nope. Um, I do want to start off with the Urban Meyer news today just because it's so fresh. Uh, so if you have anything to say, feel free to like chime in at any time because I'm probably oh, about to just... It's all you. Like, oh yeah, I'm about to go off. So um, if this is your first episode listening to us, I clearly am like a diehard Jags fan, born and raised in Jacksonville, same age as the Jags, that sort of thing. I don't really know where to start with this, so I think I'm just going to start with the Scandal Timeline, which... I think most people are aware of. Um, I do recommend, though, if you haven't seen the independent documentary about Urban Meyer on YouTube done um, with some of his former players from UF, I definitely recommend you go watch it. I believe it's called An Unfair Game. It's probably about 10 years old now, but it's just about, like, where his abuse started in college athletics and stuff when he was with the Gators, um, about, like, his Valentine's Day massacre workouts and just, like, where his history of abuse really seemed to have started. So I do recommend that people go to watch that. Um... I'm just going to talk about his timeline with the Jaguars. Obviously, like, he came to us from Ohio State after all of his, like, history of, like, heart problems and then um, the domestic abuse situation at Ohio State, and then he found his way to the Jaguars. Um, I think the first issue that I, – I, I've always been very outspoken about the hiring of Urban Meyer and how I thought that it was very wrong to do to the city of Jacksonville, the women – you know, in Jacksonville, the players, wives, girlfriends, daughters, just all of those sorts of things after that abuse scandal came out at Ohio State. But then, you know, he hires Chris Doyle, who had a history of, you know, treating people of color wrong um, as far as like a caretaker on staff goes. And he brings him to Jacksonville and he's let go within 24 hours. And then we move into the season and he starts to get, you know, sort of judged for running the team like he would run a college team you know like there was a hot mic that people didn't know about where you can hear someone on the training staff saying hey don't be late for next period like hurry up let's go and then the next thing we know is when he didn't get back on his flight from Ohio after that Thursday night Bengals game loss and he was caught with that young girl we've said this on the show I've said this on the show that Obviously, we should not normalize not getting back on a flight with your team because that's not normal. Um, And in his press conference, he said uh, that he thought that he could use a break. He thought everyone could use a break. It's like week four of the NFL at this point. Like that's not that's not a place for you to take a break. And then sort of fast forwarding through all of the other drama, um, it kind of led to last week it coming out that he had called a bunch of people on his staff that he had hired 
losers. And which is really funny to me because he isn't the only person on this staff who's had success. I mean, you have literal Super Bowl ring holders on your staff and you put this staff together yourself. So if anyone is the loser in this situation, it's honestly you because you put together this losing staff. And the fact that he's been asked all season long all of these questions and he doesn't know the names of his own players, he doesn't know the names of people he's playing, he's asked to look at defenses and he, the days before games, he's like, oh, I haven't looked at it yet. And you don't even know how many snaps that people are playing on your team or why people aren't in the game. And it's just been these constant questions that he's like, well, I don't micromanage that. You're going to have to ask somebody else. I don't know why so-and-so is not playing. Or he was asked why Cisco wasn't getting snaps last week. And he was like, oh, I think he's getting more, more reps. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, you know, whatever. Didn't get a single snap on defense last week. And the man just had no idea. And he winds up getting in an argument with Marvin Jones and all these sorts of things. And then yesterday the news breaks that our former kicker, Josh Lambeau, from the prior years and then earlier this season before he was let go, that he kicked him at practice and said, make your fucking kicks. And Josh Lambeau looked at him and said, don't ever kick me again. And then it comes out that Urban said, I'll kick you whenever the fuck I want. I'm the ball coach. This isn't college. You can't bully kids anymore. These aren't 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. These are grown-ass men. And had he not been a kicker, I honestly think that someone would be in jail. Like, could you imagine a coach putting their hands on a professional athlete, let alone, like, a lineman of some sort? Oh, my God. (laughs) Like... And I know, I know that football is like a contact sport. And, you know, sometimes there are coaches who are prior athletes in the sport who will, you know, like put a finger in somebody's chest or like shove someone to get them, you know, fired up or whatever. But that's a big difference between kicking someone. And then saying that you'll do it again is absolutely absurd to me. So we move into, you know, after this news breaks last night, and I think that it gets to the point where Shad Khan, the owner, who... There is a lot of controversy surrounding right now of if he should sell the team or not. Is this a priority for him? Because he does own another team and he has all these other businesses and now his son's involved in the team and all these sorts of things. It gets to a point where I don't think he can no longer ignore um, the elephant in the room of Urban Meyer because it's clearly a behavioral pattern at this point and it has been for quite some time, but it's to the point where you can no longer ignore it now because your entire organization, your franchise is an absolute joke to the rest of, not even just the NFL, honestly, to the rest of the world, because he is, Mm -hmm. like, a global presence. You know, he's not American. He owns a team in London, and he owns the Jaguars as well, obviously. So this is a joke on a global scale at this point. Like, this isn't just local. This isn't just the NFL. This is a global thing. And while a lot of people have criticized Josh Lambeau of him being a rat or, like, this snitches get stitches attitude, no, I think that this guy did the right thing. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to see this trickle-down effect of more people coming out and saying, oh, yeah, I had this experience. Oh, I had this experience. Because clearly it happened at UF when he was pushing kids so hard that they were tearing ACLs, MCLs, all of those sorts of things during workouts. He put his hands on kids there and in college and all these sorts of things. Like I said, it's a behavioral pattern. So I think that Josh Lambeau did the right thing. Um, And with Urban Meyer's removal, I think you move into this conversation of the coaching staff has to be wiped out at the end of this because this is his mess that he made. They should go too. And I think at least on the offensive side of the ball, they have to go as well. And I think Bevel and Balky will obviously have to follow suit. Like they have to go, Um, Mm -hmm. even though like, He may be an interim head coach for now, but it's only four games. He's got to go. And I think that we have got, well, we decided that we're doing a mailbag this week. We do a mailbag once a month. 
And I saw a lot of questions asking about like the next coaching option. Who do I want? All of those sorts of things. And I think Shad Khan has sort of gotten to the point now where you need to pay someone to come and find your guy for you. I've seen a lot of tweets of like at Tony Dungy today and he got into some stuff on Twitter about like how it, it, he wouldn't be coming back to coach, but I think you toss the guy 10 million bucks and you're like, hey, go find our guy for us. Because at this point, you haven't had someone who's involved in football find a coach for you. And I think that that's one of the reasons that they haven't been successful. And it's like Shad Khan, when he hired Urban Meyer, was like, well, I finally got it right. Clearly you didn't. And a lot of people didn't think so either. So I think you do need to pay someone to come find your guy. Like after the Gus Bradley, the Marone, and the Coughlin era, like you've just, you've got to find somebody. And I think that when you look at the needs of the team right now, they need to be an offensive-minded coach because you have Trevor Lawrence, you have Travis Etienne, you have James Robinson, and you have a lot of like offensive younger guys on payroll, but it's like, you need, you need someone who can develop Trevor at the very least. Like, you need someone hands-on with him because after this, like, this this kid is in, like, a very make-or-break situation and the conversation of if he should be involved in this hiring, I don't really know. That's been around on Jag's Twitter all day today if he should be in that space. And I honestly, that's one of the questions that I don't have the answer for. I think that's something that only the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence can decide. But on mm-hmm. top of that, I think that they need to have NFL experience. You can't bring in someone after this college coaching disaster who doesn't have NFL experience at this point. Clearly, we've seen a pattern where NFL, like you can't you can't just come from college into the NFL because the thing about college is that you can recruit well. And like, let's say you get, you know, a bunch of four and five star recruits and people like you in a public space, that doesn't mean that that's going to translate well to the NFL because if you have a good season with a bunch of four and five star recruits, more four and five star recruits are going to commit to you. And that's just not how the NFL works. It's obviously a draft. Um, And, you know, spending your cap and your all of those things in the right places. Um, And then I also think that potentially they might need to be a younger coach for Trevor and to be relatable just because the coaching world has sort of changed. You look at the you know, the Cliff Kingsbury's of the world and the Sean McVay's of the coaching world. And you see the success that they're having. And it it makes me think that you might need someone, not a necessity, but I think that it would be good to have someone young who Trevor can relate to. Um, and I just think that the coaching world has changed a lot. And people like that are allowed, to, like not even allowed to be successful, but have found success in the NFL at a younger age. And I took in a lot of media today, listened to a lot of stuff. And there was a lot of argument surrounding you know, do the Jaguars need to bring in an African-American coach? And I said that last year. I thought that this coaching staff could use some color. And I still believe that, especially now, because last year we had all of this staff turnover because of, you know, culture change and the need for culture change. You know, you get rid of Coughlin and, you know, we had all these issues in the locker room and stuff. And I think that, that if they were going to do it, they needed to do it last year, but we even more need to bring in. And it doesn't even have to necessarily be a head coach. Yeah, I'd love that. But I think that you do need some color on this staff because I think that it makes your team, it allows your team to relate to someone when, and there's, there's there's still a color barrier in professional sports, whether people want to hear it or not. I heard a lot of people on the radio today saying that, well, I don't care about color. I don't care about all of this. Well, you should. Um, And I heard someone bring on Deion Sanders' name. And that is just not going to happen. I would love that to happen. But he's, you know, he's a Jackson State coaching an HBCU. He just got the number one recruit in the country yesterday to switch from going to Georgia or Florida State 
to going to play for him. He's not going anywhere. He's doing great things for the African-American community. I honestly don't want to see him go anywhere as much as I'd love to see him in Jacksonville. But then you also have the conversation of Lewis Riddick, who interviewed for our GM position last year and had a lot to say on the air today that I agreed with. And I would love to see Lewis Riddick, but I don't think that he wants to put his hands in this pot just because I think that he is so outspoken about a lot that I, I don't know if this is something he'd consider, especially right now, if he didn't consider it last year when you had all this draft stock and all this cap space. I don't, I don't see anything changing for him now as much as I'd love to see him here as well. But then you move into the conversation of Byron Lefwich, who obviously was very active in the Jaguars and the Jaguars community for a long time. And I think that this is a good idea on paper, but the lack of experience is what makes me nervous. Um, I kind of have the same the same feeling for Charlie Strong, even though he's working in the league for the Jaguars and stuff like that. I, I, I think you need more NFL experience at that position to avoid disaster again. Um, I do like the idea of someone like Kellen Moore from Dallas. He you know, used to be a quarterback. He has that experience. He's offensive-minded. He's young. He's 33 years old. And it's like you you see that the Cowboys are finding, like, offensive success right now. They have one of the – I mean, we talk about it all the time that I love the Cowboys roster right now, and I think mm-hmm. that he would be awesome. Um, Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs has also been tossed around. He's a little bit older, but he's a person of color. I like the culture change he could bring us and, like, the offensive-mindedness. I also think he's a guy that people want to play for, you know, like if obviously like look at the roster that he has with the Chiefs, the offense, the offensive roster, like he has Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, um, just all of these huge names and they seem to be happy with where they're at and like willing to take potentially pay cuts to stay there in the future. So I, I, I like that and I like that the Jags have, I believe, $70 million in cap space at the end of this year. Like that's a dick ton of money to throw around at people, especially to build around Trevor. It's like if you... Obviously, in the first round, I think that we're going to take an edge rusher because that's the talent that seems to be available at the slot that it looks like we're going to have. But it's like if you can't take like any sort of offensive lineman that look good later, you need receivers for Trevor and you need offensive linemen for Trevor. If that's not what we get in the draft, that's what we need to throw our money at. And I, I believe that people would want to play for him. Um, my favorite guy in the conversation that I think is the most unrealistic is Josh McDaniels. Um, I... I think that it would be an awesome, like, F you to the Titans for him just because they'd be in the same division. But I really don't think that he's going to leave the Patriots um, because I do believe that it's not that I think Bill's time is up anytime soon. It's just that he is clearly the one in line for this throne, for lack of a better term, that why would he leave the Patriots dynasty to come somewhere like Jacksonville if he's happy here, he's been here a long time, his family's established here. Like, they'd have to throw so much money at him, and, and I would love for him to come to Jacksonville. I don't think that he brings that person of color aspect, obviously, but I do think that he's super relatable and something that the Jags could use. Um, I also saw Mike Tomlin's name. No, thank you. I just, he's not my favorite person. I think he's fine. Like the Steelers have been fine. They've had success. I just, I hate the Steelers. I hate that whole Ben Roethlisberger locker room. I just, I don't think that that would, I think he's a great guy. He's a great coach. He's a great leader. And he's obviously a person of color. Um, I just don't think that that's what I want for my locker room. Um, Marvin Lewis also, no thank you. I don't think Kyle Shanahan would ever leave where he's at to come to Jacksonville. It just doesn't make sense to me either. Then I also heard Pete Carroll, um, and I'm just very confused by that. Like, he's like 8,000 years old. I don't think he wants to, like, start over and build with a fucking franchise. Um, so those are my thoughts about the Urban Meyer situation. We've, I'm, we've talked about it until I am blue in the face on this podcast, how much I hate him, how much all the scandal and everything has brought the city of Jacksonville down. 
those are my thoughts over like who could potentially take over for us I'm excited to see this unfold I hope we make better decisions we make good decisions we hire someone to point us in the right direction because I think that that's been something that we've neglected for quite some time I'm curious to see if we're gonna have to pay Urban Meyer out as well or if he's going to or if we're gonna get out on some sort of clause in that um, I think today is a day to celebrate because the dumpster fire is over, but we're right back where we were 11 months ago, and I am a little concerned that the Jags will jag and fuck it all up again, but the hat says what it says, and I'm, I'm along for the ride. The only thing that could stop me from being a Jaguars fan is if they go to London, and that is, that is all I have to say about that for now. Uh, part of my Tea Party segment is about the Jags too, but I figured I would break that up a little. Yeah. Um, I only have two other NFL comments. Do you have anything to say about the Jags? Um, I will say, I'm not going to, obviously we don't have to get into our mailbag now, but one of the questions we got on Twitter was asking if I was going to become a Jags fan now. I don't, <laughs> I was going to respond and just be like, no, like, but I was like, that's kind of rude, but no. <laughs> I'm so but happy like, for no. you. This is great news, but absolutely the fuck not. Well, so it was so funny because last night I, like, I never work in my bed ever, but mm-hmm. I brought my laptop into my bed to, like, work for a little while and, like, fell asleep with my laptop in my lap and at, like, maybe, like, 11.30, and I think that the news broke around, like, midnight 30, and my mm-hmm. phone blew up, and I had no idea, and I woke up this morning and saw all these text messages, and I was like, what the hell? And then, like, saw the Twitter feeds and everything, and I, like, just started bawling my eyes out. <laughs> like, I posted, like, a video of me on socials crying. That was not fake. That was just, like, the biggest <laughs> sense of relief. Like, this is such a dub for, like, female Jag fans and, like, people of color in Jacksonville, like, saying, fuck this guy that's, like, brought all of this shit to us. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, thank God. Honestly, a dub for the players, too. Our former kicker, Josh Scobie, was on our local sports network this morning. And he was, he, one of his quotes was saying that, Players no longer have to live in fear going to work or being in the locker room. And that just hurt me so bad because, like, how sad is that? That, like, you go to work living in fear and you're a fucking professional athlete. I would say, especially when it's a privilege to be able to play at that level. And I don't know, like, obviously there's plenty of people that, like, hate their 9-to-5 job. Like, you dread going into play in the NFL like you should be thrilled oh, I'm not gonna say like I'm sure every day is a walk in the park like it's a lot of hard work but like yeah. for the most part like you're living out your dream you know yeah um so my only two other comments about NFL just because I knew that that was gonna take a moment I didn't put out a solo NFL show this week just because I was exhausted I had a sinus infection I'm sure you guys can still hear it I don't sound super hot I'm getting over it um but mac jones hates christmas music potentially i don't know if you saw it. did you see this on twitter i didn't see that i just saw they asked him what his favorite music is and he said anything taylor swift i was like damn right because i love taylor well, Swift's I think christmas I- album so i liked that answer i think at first he was like well i don't have one and then he like said the taylor swift thing so i was like okay so i know that he probably doesn't hate christmas because it didn't seem like that at all but i would mm-hmm. he would get like Everyone here knows that I'm not the biggest Mac Jones fan. I don't think that that's a secret. Um, Just as far as, like, him as a person goes. But he would at least earn, like, half a cool point for me if he was, like, anti-Christmas too. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. (laughs) My only other NFL comment this week before I let you get into lacrosse. Joey Bosa hit the Halo teabag celly on Sunday. And I thought it was so fucking funny. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
No, I don't know what you're talking about. So, basically, in video games, there's, like, a kill cam, which is, like, there's, like, three seconds, I think it is, after you kill someone that, like, they have to watch, like, you're, like, you. And usually mm-hmm. people will, like, teabag people's dead bodies with, like, their character. <laughs> and Joey Bosa did that on Sunday, and I was just like, holy shit, that's so funny. <laughs> No, I didn't know what that is, but now I do, so I'll have to go back and look at that. <laughs> All right, you have lots of lacrosse notes, so give it to me, sister. Yes, so for the NLL, the big news today was Evan Kirk. He was the goalie for the Rochester Nighthawks. He was put on the holdout list for the remainder of the season because of work. I guess he's a police officer. I think that, um, because obviously they knew that was his job coming into it, but the thought was, oh, you know, like, I think it was like he knew he couldn't play on Fridays, but they only had three games this season on Friday. So like, okay, we'll just have our backup come in for those, like, whatever. Like, so they got him from Saskatchewan. He's like one of the best goaltenders in the league, like one goalie of the year, I want to say like three years ago, maybe. And it was a big deal that for Saskatchewan fans, especially that Evan Kirk was gone because then they had Adam Shute come up and they're like, well, no one can take Evan Kirk's spot. But then this was such a big upgrade for Rochester. Like everyone was really excited about it. And now they kind of got the short end of the stick. So they have, what's his face? Rylan Hartley. He was drafted in 2009, 2018. He's only played five NLL games in his career. He's 24 years old. He's very little uh, professional experience in the NLL. Um, I don't want to like, it's so hard to make any judgment. Like I looked at his games, like he had like a good GAA. I think it was like seven something, but he played five games. I don't think they were even five full games. Like he has such a small sample size. And I don't think Rochester is going to make some like huge, like run in the playoffs by any means, but like they could have snuck in, but now I don't really know what they're going to do from here. You have to pick up another goalie because Hartley's mm-hmm. the only one they had on their roster. Like, you can't just go around with one goalie. But anyone – yes. How hard is it to make the transition from being, like, a PLL goalie to being an NLL goalie? Oh, God. I would say it's really difficult just because, like, you've seen – like, you watch the NLL games. Like, they're, like, you have the huge pads. Like, it's so much more mm-hmm. fast-paced. Like, you get shot on so much more, I feel like. You have such higher scoring game, not higher scoring games, but like, I don't know, like this weekend alone, there's, um, there's a game where a guy had six goals. Like you don't see that in the PL field because it is a lot mm-hmm. slower paced, I feel like. So I think it would be tough for a goalie in the PLL who has no box experience to just be like, yeah, I'll, I'll play. But at the same time, I don't know really who's left. Like I know Saskatchewan released one of their goalies. They're carrying four at one point. But it was just someone who I don't think he had any NLL experience either, really, like playing professionally. So Rochester kind of was fucked at this point. I feel bad for them. Yeah, I I watched their game last weekend. Yeah, I feel bad for them. Like Evan Kirk was their big get of the offseason besides Dan Coates. And now, I don't know, that's tough. That's a huge blow for them. So Mm -hmm. I guess we'll see how that plays out. That was the big NLL news today. Other than that, just the week two highlights from last weekend. Lyle Thompson had a 10-point game on Sunday. I did see that. I I know. I saw that because, yeah, because I follow the Riptide, obviously, because they, like, (laughs) scouted me as a fan. And I, like, saw that tweet come through, and I was like, what? (laughs) 
The Riptide are the only NLL team to have played because every other team has only played two games. The Riptide have played three games. And granted, I will say, like, they had Jeff Teat as their big draft pick. Like, everyone wanted him. Then he gets COVID. So he already missed the last two games. They lose the last two games. They lost the first. They're own three to start the season. And I do have this in here, but I can just get into it now. They don't play again until December 31st because of they get the week off of Christmas because they played two games last weekend. There's only five games this weekend. So obviously they're not playing. But again, they don't play until December 31st. They're going to be up against the Colorado Mammoth, who I think if they like – all hope cross they have Jeff Teat back. I would assume they would, but who knows what any roster is going to look like in two weeks, given how everything's going in the world right now. Yeah. But I have so some questions they're... about that later for you. Yeah, but so they're going to be playing the Colorado Mammoth. I think that's a must-win game for them, just because after that they play Halifax in on January eighth. I don't think the Riptide are going to beat Halifax. They're number one in the league. They have top talent everywhere. I don't really see that being the turnaround for them. And if they drop the Mammoth game, then they're 0-4 to start off this season. And then What is it with me and liking shitty teams? <laughs> well, they scouted you. You didn't know. Plus, Jeff Teat's exciting. So, like, I would be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I didn't choose the thug life. The thug life chose me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Lyle Thompson had a 10-point game against them, which is fucking insane <laughs> that's nuts to have 10 points in one game granted he's like the At best least I have whips. player in the world <laughs> exactly they're, they're the best well <laughs> they were the best now chaos beat them but they still have the best roster i'd say other than that last weekend clark peterson from halifax he had a sock trick against toronto which <laughs> sock trick i wish that was more of a thing in other sports it's when you score six what goals. is that Okay, did not like that. Yeah, so, because I I only knew what it was because I saw someone, it was during a PLL game. I think it was when I was in Albany. Someone up in the box said something like, oh, this guy could possibly have a sock trick. I was like, what the fuck is that? He's like, oh, they don't really do it in field, but they do it in box because, like, you're more likely to get six goals in a box game than field game. He's like, yeah, then we all throw our socks on some field. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? But then I was writing our game, our the lacrosse slash team of the week and i saw clark peterson he had six goals up against toronto and you know he's on halifax toronto they're like the top teams in the eastern division this was expected to be like this big game halifax like pretty much dominated from start to finish i think toronto had a bit of a comeback in the fourth quarter but at that point it didn't really matter they lost 11 to 7 but yeah, he had a sock trick and I was writing up the team of the week thing and I saw he had six goals and it like went off my head because I had always think about that now, like watching hockey. I was like, I wish like someone could score six goals in hockey so we can all throw our socks. So I, I so want to throw a sock so there. bad now. Right? I was like, why can't that be more of a thing? Sad. We should just do it. We should just do that to hat tricks, like throwing your hats. For the most part, like, I want to keep my hats. I don't really give a fuck about my socks. <laughs> yep, I agree. Yep. Everything is a sock trick now. Speaking of hat tricks, though, Vancouver rookie defenseman Reed Bowering had a hat trick against Panther City. I 
just love like you know I love when defensemen score like the whole offensive defenseman thing and I was writing mm-hmm. about him in the team of the week and I was like looking into it and you know my first instinct is always oh offensive defenseman he's like Tory Krug but then I was looking more into it and I was like no I think he just like is that good on both ends of the field or sorry the floor <laughs> that he's so sick on defense yeah I had to catch myself there He's so sick on defense. It just happens to be good at goal scoring too. I'm like, some people, they're just good at life. <laughs> yep. Couldn't be us. I yep. feel like this is where we should insert one of our possum lover 24 memes. <laughs> well, if it isn't like, the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> like, good for you, Reed Boring. I cannot relate to being that talented at anything. Woo! <laughs> I'm happy for you and your rookie showing so far in just two games. And yep. he's another one that we'll get into this more as I preview a couple of the games for next weekend or this weekend, I guess. But so he's with Vancouver. Vancouver's 2-0 and to start off the season. If they win this weekend against Saskatchewan, it's actually tomorrow night, it'll be the first time since 2013 they've started their season 3-0. and So I think if you're a Vancouver Warriors fan, this is an exciting time, you know, it's going to be a tough game, I think, with Saskatchewan just because they are so good. I haven't been comparing them to – they're like the whip snakes of the NLL. Like, they win, and they win a lot, and people don't like them. Like, no one really likes them unless you were like, yeah, this is my team. Just because they are so good, it's unfair. But they're 0-2 right now, and they've lost both games by just one goal. So, and, like, Vancouver's one of their division rivals, so I think it's going to be a very interesting game because they both have so much riding on it. Like, I'm not worried, per se, for Saskatchewan. Like, whatever. They start 0-2. Like, they're both close games, both against pretty good teams. But if they lose tomorrow to Vancouver, and Vancouver's going to want that win to get that hot start and just prove to people, yeah, we are fucking good now. Like, you guys talked all this shit. Here we are, 3-0. and Like, all this, like, we are on our game. So that would be my one game to watch this weekend because there's only five. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, in San Diego, their goalie, Frank Skig... I don't... I'm going to butcher his name. Skigliano... you have to try to say it, because I want to try to say it. Skigliano? It definitely sounds really Italian. (laughs) It sounds so Italian. I'm, like, looking forward to trying to find it. Well, because I was watching interviews trying to figure out what his fucking name was, but people just kept calling him Skigs. I was like... Fuck, I, I don't know. I'm going to go with Skigliano, I guess. Skigs. That's just Skigs. Yeah. I'm like, I can't attempt this name. Yeah. It's definitely so easy. But either way, he made 33 saves on 37 shots on Saturday night, allowing just four goals from the Colorado Mammoth. I guess that was the only the 24. He was only the 24th goalie in NLL history to hold a team to four goals or less, which... You saw, like, box across, it is a lot of scoring. To only score four goals is nuts. And, like, they got Zed Williams on that roster. I think he shot four times. He had zero goals that whole game. So that's pretty impressive. I love that the NLL plays music. It feels like going to a concert and a game at the same time. Like, songs kept coming on my TV, and I was just, like, (laughs) bopping at home, like, fist pumping. I was like, I fucking love this song. Right? I want to go to an NLL game just because I was like, I feel like the atmosphere must be so fun. Just like music going. <laughs> okay, so I did look to see how far the Riptides arena was from us. We could big easy do it in a day. If they have like an oh, afternoon, yes. we should totally. 
And we should find out if they're playing a team you like and go. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm okay. so down. So, we can just do a day trip. Road trip. We can whip the Beamer to New York. <laughs> yeah. I'm Fuck so yeah. down for that because I feel like we have to go. They look so fun. All right. I'm adding it to my notes of things to do right now to look at their schedule. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, Anyways. Maybe not. The only other <laughs> comment I have on the NLL before I get into the little bit of PL news we have. Buffalo Bandits are 2-0. I know I was praising them last week how good their offense is. You know, Mackie's saying that's like, if you want to get into the NLL, they're the team to watch. And I agree with that. But I will say I've seen some power rankings this week putting them in the number one spot. I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit there. They've only played Calgary and Rochester at this point. I'm not Mm -hmm. so sure I'd put them at the number one spot just yet. Their next game isn't until January 8th, but they're going to play the Toronto rock and i feel like that's gonna be a good indicator of just like how they do under pressure because i really feel like they haven't been put under that kind of pressure yet so before we go mm-hmm. putting them at the number one spot and maybe like yeah they're gonna win the championship like they're going all the way like so i really have no prediction for who's gonna win yet this year i think halifax right now looks like the but it's so early like my early yeah. prediction would be halifax but i would love to see buffalo go further not but the riptide sarah I do not think, though I would love to see Jeff Teat go all the way. <laughs> I love Jeff Teat, but I don't Jeff know Jeff Teat, all my one. homies love Jeff Teat. Well, someone tweeted at me the other day when I uh, posted my job and asked, does this mean no more Jeff Teat content? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, there will still be plenty of Jeff Teat content. I was like, I'm still going to be at Lacrosse Flash, like still going to be around for PLL season because that starts right as the NHL season ends. I was like, I would never stop posting Chef T content. <laughs> Speaking of PLL, though, there was a little bit of news, actually, from them. A couple days ago, it was announced that they are going to have free agency starting after the 2022 season. Right now, mm-hmm. players, they just have a contract with the league, like not even with the teams they're with. So when their contract is up right currently they negotiate and remain with the same club unless they're traded or released into the player pool so what okay. i read was that the players are going to be required to pay paid a minimum of twenty five thousand. like it doesn't matter how little time you play like you have to be paid at least twenty five thousand. and then i think the free agency is really going to set the standards for what like a star pro lacrosse player should be making like we were talking in our lacrosse flash group about it we're like Guys like, again, like Rambo, Zed Williams, Lyle Thompson, like when their contracts are up after that 2022 season, I think we'll yeah. be able to see like, okay, this is what a star player should be making. It'll be interesting to see what kind of money they ask for and what teams are willing to give. Yes. <laughs> Do you think that this is going to create sort of, is there a salary cap in the PLL? I don't believe so. So do you think that this is going to sort of create like this super team situation where, because like I know in the NLL, like players can go where they choose, they can play where they choose, which is why, you know, I think some guys choose to play close to home or play with their friends or, you know, those sorts of things. Do you think that this becomes a danger in this sort of, I don't want to say ruining of the league because that's not true, but like you could see people, you know, take less money to play with certain people or, you know, go certain places to be with certain people. Do you think that that's something that the league needs to watch out for? I think because this was another discussion we had in our group, just kind of like it's going to like kind of force these guys to pick, like take the whip stakes, for example, like 
they have such like a power like every roster in the PLL is like stacked with talent but the Whipsticks are the best example of it like Matt Rambo Zed Williams you know like those two guys in particular like are they going to want to go somewhere else when they have like this winning roster like they don't want to break that up like do you want to stay and play with this winning team where you guys like you know your chemistry like it's built on this foundation you know there's a lot of Maryland guys on that team like would Matt Ramble want to leave the Whip Snakes? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, for more or less money. Like, you might have to take less money to stay with this team that you have all this chemistry and this, like, stacked roster with. But if you want to make money and not have to have, you know, like, a second job or, like, an off-season job or something like that or, you know, whatever, like, are you going to leave for that? I think that this is going to be really interesting. And I think that the league is still so new and so young that, like, they're not at a point mm-hmm. where they have to set a salary cap yet because, obviously, you want to have these rosters because it's going to, you know, bring attention to the sport and make it fun and all those sorts of things, temporarily speaking. But I think that yeah. as this goes on, that might be a conversation that has to be had, obviously, like all the other leagues. Yeah, I know Paul Rabel said recently, he's like, my hope is that in the next, like, three years, lacrosse players – professional lacrosse players are able like that's their full-time job because like we saw today with Evan Kirk like granted maybe like he just loves being a police officer I don't know but like most of those guys especially the ones like I know Evan Kirk has a family like it's the older ones like they need to have those jobs like you see Look I'm at sure, Rambo. all the time yeah like the younger guys like they can like coach they can teach clinics whatever but like the older ones like usually have like big like full-time jobs and then you're kind of forced to pick between okay my career or my playing career and if you have a family like ties to specific places you have to go with that so it is kind of like it's tough like when you see stuff today with like Rochester losing Evan Kirk but it's like this sport's not at that point yet where you can like make lacrosse your full-time job totally yeah and I don't think I don't think like asking some asking teams to pay twenty five thousand dollars for you know that much of someone's time and that like much of their life is like that outrageous like I think when you buy a team you invest in a lot and some of that being Mm -hmm. long term and sometimes that that's going to be players and facilities and all these sorts of things and when you invest so early I think that it's obviously a gamble but it's paying off Mm -hmm. and if you continue to take care of your people I feel like your people will take care of you yeah, I agree. And I think another thing that kind of goes with this idea of the PL getting free agency is right now, like head coaches, they're all the general managers. There's no like actual general manager to these teams. So like I said, like contracts are done by the, like you're with just a contract with the league. And I think you see guys like Water Dogs uh, head coach, Andy Copeland, like he did such a good job with the expansion draft and finding his team. Ben Rubar has done a good, such a good job with like the college draft and like shaping that Atlas roster. But if you're going to have players like looking for long-term contracts or like in free agency, I don't think unless you're Bill Belichick, I don't think it's a good idea to have those guys doing these things. I think they do a great job at drafting, but you're going to need, I think, to move towards general managers as well. Yeah. Math is, math is no, mm-mm. Mm-mm. I don't think that's possible to have these head coaches do all that they already do because like you take on like they're in a startup league like that is so much responsibility trying to build a team especially like you look at the water dogs they're only that was only their second season in the league cannons were the expansion team this year like you have your plate full already then you have to yeah. worry about oh this guy's contracts up we have to negotiate with this or he's gonna walk like, yep you need to move towards general managers and I also think that makes it just more of a legit not that it's not a legitimate league but like makes the sport in general like okay like 
they have a free agency that's exciting like there's all these negotiations going on like there's more talk about it I feel like yeah and I think that at a certain point like if your job right now is to be a coach and a GM and you draft all of you draft and you coach and you get through the season and stuff like that I don't think it's fair to add more work like like the GM position to these mm-hmm. people's plates who probably aren't you know, assuming aren't making a lot of money, you can't add more work to someone's plate without more pay. No, and especially, like, most of those guys, like, they're kind of like the players. Like, most of those coaches, like, they have other jobs in the offseason. Like, they do the drafts and stuff, and I'm sure that's already enough. Like, you have to go and research all these, like, work with your team. You have to also worry about, oh, free agency and all that. That's too much. Unless they're going to get paid big time, which if the league's going to be paying players more – you only have so much money you can allocate in a startup league. Totally. And luckily, I think that I think the right people from the little knowledge that I have have decided to sort of invest in the PLL. And I think that they have the money to make it mm-hmm. good. It's just a matter of watching that happen because it's going to take a while. Oh, yeah. Like it's even when they start free agency after the 2022 season, it's not like it's going to shoot up like a rocket from right there. Like, it's going to take a long time. Yeah, totally. Um, I want to know about your PLL spaces this week. What can you tell me about it? Yeah, so I'm sure as you've seen, they're doing the players top 50. So it, players that all voted on that. And I was on spaces with Joe Keegan, Austin Owens, who I work with at Lacrosse Flash, and then Nelson Rice, who is a writer. And we were just talking about, because yesterday it was, I want to say it was 16 through 6 were released. Uh, Jeff T came in at 6. I was a little salty about that, but I think that was strategic. Because there are people like, no rookie should be that high. But I was like, Jeff T should be higher. So, <laughs> but that's also just me being biased. But our boy Rambo came in at number eight. I talked about him extensively on Spaces. Joe Keegan introduced him as the first ever Saturdays at Seltzer's guest, which I love. <laughs> we should get that clip if we can. Was it recorded? Yeah, it was recorded. We should get that clip. Because that yeah, would be really funny. At, I fucking... We love Rambo here, and he came in at number eight. And so in 2019, he was ranked number one. 2020, he was ranked number two. So he did drop, but I think it's because he was injured and out for pretty much all of July. So I was like, he had a lot smaller sample size than in the past. And obviously, the Whips and Aces didn't win the championship. Whatever. But still, in the top ten, so deserving. Shout out, Rambo. Um, then we also got into predictions about who number one is going to be, and it was unanimous that we all agreed it should be Blaze Reardon. I know he came in at number six last year, and I guess he was kind of pissed about it. So he was like, not only is that, like, disrespectful to me, he's like, it's disrespectful to goalies. Like, how am I, like, the highest goalie on this list, and I'm at number six? Like, do you know how important a goalie is? (laughs) See, I agree with that. Like, I I actually listened to an ESPN thing years ago now about the argument of what the most important position is in all of sports. And it totally is a goalie. It's totally a goalie because Mm -hmm. if you can't score, you can't win. And so I am with Blaze Reardon there. And as much as I don't know, like a ton, I know, and I I think I knew everyone who's left in conversation for those top spots, 
But my thing is, is that anyone who drops an F-bomb on national television is my number one. No questions asked. Blaze Reardon till I fucking die, brother. Well, I'm like, how could he not be number one? Like, he won MVP. And we all know how hard it is for a goalie to win MVP in any sport. You know, he won goalie of the year, obviously. But then that chaos, like, championship <laughs> game, like, everyone's expecting it to be just, like, crazy, like, super close. It was not that close of a game. Like, granted, the chaos defense was so good, so that definitely helped. But Blaze Reardon held them to under, like, I think it was, what, like, under 10 goals. Like, it was yeah. not a lot that the Whips With that scored. roster, too? Yeah. So I was like, how does so anyone not be number one? Like, I love Lyle he's Thompson, so and I think he should be number two. But the, I did see some people like, no, Lyle should be number one. Like, as much as Lyle was such a star for the Cannons, it is definitely, like, probably the all-around best lacrosse player. In terms of this season, especially when you know the players are voting on it, like, it has to be Blaze. There's no way it could be anyone else. Yeah, I yeah I agree. Um, yeah, totally. I have no other comments. Do you have anything else to say before we move on to the NHL? Nope, that's it. All I'm saying is Blaze Rudin, number one. We riot if not. Yeah, if dude, if it's not Blaze, even I will take to lacrosse Twitter. <laughs> I swear to God. Um, <laughs> like, put me in. Lacrosse analyst Kendra Middleton, bitches. <laughs> Um, so we're going to move into the NHL, the dumpster fire that has been the NHL as of the last few days, in my opinion. Um, let's start off with the Bruins. Obviously, there has been a COVID outbreak in a lot of professional sports. I think my first question for you before we get into, you know, breaking this down a little bit, I think it's inevitable until the NHL shuts down, let alone other leagues. How do you feel? In terms, like, of just, like, I feel like, because, again, like, I follow the Bruins most closely. You just look at the logistics of it all. Like, the Bruins tonight are going to New York. They're playing the Islanders. But then they're going on a two-game road trip in Canada. Like, they're leaving the country. They're going back-to-back Montreal and Ottawa. And then you look at the fact, okay, if you get COVID and you're in Canada, you have to quarantine for 14 days. If a player on the Bruins gets COVID, they cannot leave the country and take into account, like, you have Christmas coming up. Like, these guys want to go spend time with their family. So it's not like, oh, they're missing games. Like, that's not even the biggest focus right there. I'm like, you're stuck in this same city for four days. Like, forget about the fact that they can't play in the games for the next 14 days. They can't do anything. And this is the worst time of year for that to happen. Yeah. Yeah, so I... I have, like, a short comparison to this just because it's, like, the most recent thing that I've seen. And it's, like, I feel like the problem is, is that, obviously, this is everyone's full-time job in the NHL and in all in all of the leagues. Like, this is everyone's full-time job mm-hmm. and those sorts of things. But it's, like, when you have this many people, like, thousands of people across the league, there are going to be people who are going to take it seriously and people who are going to care. And then there are going to be people who don't. And it's, like, we've seen these COVID outbreaks across, like, all the leagues, like I just said, in the last few days, the last week or so. And I look at the situation, like, after Steph Curry, like, took over the three-point record in the NBA the other day, and I saw him and Kevin Durant going out to party. 
like partying right now. And when you add the fact that, you know, there's a new variant that's spreading like crazy, it's almost the holidays. People are traveling at a really high rate because it's almost the holidays and seeing all these different people and all those sorts of things. And it's like, when you have people like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant not taking it seriously, obviously there's going to be people across all of the leagues. So it's like, at what point, like I just said, because it's the holidays, like you said too, with people want to go home, but also people are traveling and exposed to more and more people. I just think it's inevitable at this point. Yeah. And I know like today they, it was, I want to believe, I, yeah, it was the Montreal Canadiens of Flyers are playing tonight, two hours before they're playing in Montreal, two hours before the game started, Montreal sent out an announcement. They're like, no fans coming in two hours before the game. And as upsetting as that is, I think, for those fans who traveled, like, that sucks. I would be so pissed. I think that's kind of the best course of action in that case. And I, we know, like, how Canada treats COVID compared to how the United States is just go state by state. But then you also think of the fact, okay, like, Canada's taking this seriously. Like, they're shutting out fans. But then you go to places, like, down south where they're just like, whatever. Come on, come on. Like, they're like, we did that whole COVID thing that where either you're vaccinated or you're not. Like, it's just going to keep rolling. And I think that inconsistency, and not just in the NHL, just in all the leagues with the travel and just people's, like, personal, I don't know. There's no, like, uniform set routine for any of it. It's like, the NFL Ooh. updated their protocol today. And they're like, the boosters encourage. You can't go out. Like, no meals together. Like, all this stuff. It's just kind of like changing on the fly. It's tough, but at the same time, I feel like you have to like take a step back and be like, okay, this is my job. I need to do what's best for it. And I know we've talked about it so many times. Like when the Red Sox had that huge outbreak, we're like, just do what's best for the team. Like this is your job. Like do what's best for the team. And it's so tough to say because at this point we have been in it for so long. It's like, don't you just want it to be over? Like, I, like do whatever you have to do. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it sucks because like it's easy it's easy to say that as a fan of something, but it's like look at us. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that like our lives aren't going to stop. Our lives aren't going to be put on hold and neither are most people's and it's like when it, it's not even just about the team and the players at that point. It's about your staff and the people who make your meals and the people who work your flights and all those sorts of things that I don't think that because of where we're at in all of this, unfortunately, like we're not going to go into another shutdown like we had. People are going to keep traveling. They're going to keep seeing people. They're going to travel for the holidays. They're going to see their family. You're going to see your friends and all those sorts of things. And it's like, I think at this point, like you almost have to shut down until after New Year's because it's, it's what, three weeks ish. Just because like, otherwise this is going to get so much worse. Like look at the numbers climbing, even in Massachusetts alone. No, and like again like we keep seeing all these numbers go up in the league like all these guys getting sick and I do see most of them like well I'm asymptomatic like I was vaccinated so why can't I just play it's like just take a break up until like it's not that long of a break shut things down for a little bit let things settle let people like get the booster if they want to you know I'm not saying anyone has to go out and do that but just there's no reason to like keep pushing this because it's going to get worse and worse like just continue to play through all these leagues I don't think it's going to help anything yeah I'm curious to see where this goes I see you have some thoughts on how the Bruins are kind of moving the lines around and stuff like that what what are you looking at yeah I mean now they're out Marshawn, Bergeron, Smith, Swayman, Bleed, Frederick 
So I'm not like, I have no criticism for how Bruce Cassidy has set up the line. So like, you only have so much to work with at that point. Like he is Hall, Coil, and Pasta on the top line. I know some people are like, Coil should be on the top line. Like, I like Studnika. that. That's, that's your best option. And I'm like, I understand Studnika. Like, yeah, he's the future, whatever. Like, Coil just has the experience. I'm sorry. Yep. And also, if it doesn't work, sure, we could try him another game. But for right mm-hmm. now, they're like, I get that there's criticism around Bruce Cassidy right now, whatever. But I'm like, that is your best option right now. I don't see how anyone can be complaining about this lineup considering you have six fucking players out including Bergeron and Marshawn. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I also think because like DeBrusque is on the second line with Studnika and Oscar Steen Jake DeBrusque may never get traded at this point. <laughs> no I was thinking that last week but didn't want to throw it out there for his sake because I didn't want to jinx it for him. The fact that there has been nothing to happen makes me feel like this was all for nothing. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Like, and I think we say that every week now, like, oh, I feel so bad for him. But I know Bruce Cassidy said recently, he's like, no, he's not a distraction. It's business as usual. Like, whatever. At this point, I feel like that is on the last, like, it is the last priority for anyone right now. It's yeah. like you have half your team out. You don't know what the league's going to be like in two weeks. Like, you don't know what anything's going to be like. Most teams are just focused on, like, okay, let's keep our guys healthy. Like, I'm not sending anyone anywhere. Like, no one wants to travel if they don't have to. I don't think trades are a big thought right now. And I think that probably sucks for Jake DeBrusque. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine the Bruins locker room is a very fun place to be right now in general. It does not seem like it's. I don't think they have that chemistry that they usually do, which granted, again, we talked about at the beginning of the season, they have a lot of new faces in there. Like that's expected. You're not going to mesh initially. They lost David Krejci, you know, Tuka, whatever. We don't know if he's going to come back. I sound like he's going to, but there's just too many question marks. It's not the year. We talked about that a billion times. But yep. then you add on to the fact that all these guys are sick. Jake Jabrus wants to leave, yet he's still here. There's, nonsense with Bruce Cassidy like made up drama on the radio (laughs) I just imagine Um, it's not a pleasant place to be yeah I am so glad that you put that in our show notes I mean (laughs) I think everyone in the world knows how I feel about the Greg Hill show if you don't uh uh but yeah I, I it does feel like a smear campaign to me oh yeah and we've seen it so many times with the Boston media where they pick a villain, it's usually the coach, and then all of a sudden you see all this stuff come up, like, all these random stories, like, we saw with Terry Francona, like, whatever. This one, though, was just so insane. <laughs> the tags, like, okay, it was the tags for me. Oh, my God. Because there was the early Jack. this week they had that David Backes interview come out where he went on a radio show, I think in St. Louis, and was like, yeah, me and Bruce Cassidy didn't see eye to eye. Like, we just had different playing styles, which I think everyone kind of knew that. Like, David Backes just wasn't a good fit for the Bruins. Like, I don't really think that was entirely on Bruce. I think no, that just wasn't a good fit for the roster. Yeah, Doesn't and that fit happens. on either side. Yeah, but then you have this fucking rumor that Bruce Cassidy yelled at Matt Grizzlick and Patrice Bergeron stepped in to defend him, which I was like, okay, I do believe that Bergeron would step in if someone is like coming out of his guys I do not think Patrice Bergeron would yell at his coach especially as the captain and literally one of those classy guys in sports like 
I don't think he's yelling at anyone that's within that organization. And then just the no. tags in it, like Shaq, Kamala, yeah, his husband. <laughs> Wayne I just want to know like, what the fuck do they care. That tweet had spaz written all over it, but I really just want to know. First of all, who thought this was a good idea? Second of all, if they thought that it would be taken as a joke, which I don't think that they did. And third of all, who approved this and why is it still up? The slander why they got in the comments. There was not one person that took them seriously. And we know how those people that like are diehards by sports radio are. Not even they were taking it seriously. They're like, what the fuck is this? Like, do you know like anything about Patrice Bergeron? No. Um, so I have one more happy comment before we get into something that I have to ask you that's not so happy. Um, Mm -hmm. Jeremy Swayman's crab walk had me fucking dying last week. It is so fucking cute. I love him. I just love that he went out in the beginning of the season. I was like, I'm not a weird goalie. And then I feel like there's something every week that we see from her. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> All goalies are weird. All goalies are weird. I was a goalie. It's okay. We're weird. <laughs> like, it happens. I just fucking love him. I love him so I much. Too. Shout out to Cam. That's our weekly Cam shout out for Swaymed. Sway Butte, <laughs> baby. Um, yeah, I thought that, that was funny. That had me dying. And then my... Other question for you, I tweeted earlier this week that I obviously am a Sharks fan and I fucking hate Evander Kane, and now the Bruins might be scouting him. I know that, you know, he's a bit of a controversial person outside of, or maybe inside of the controversy, controversy, I don't know how you want to look at this. How would you feel about the potential of Evander Kane landing with the Bruins? I just don't think it's a good fit. Like we were just saying, the locker room chemistry, I think is, meh. That's not going to help anything. That is not someone that yeah. I think you are going to bring in, especially when you have, like, Patrice Bergeron as your captain. You hear all the time how important it is, like, in that Bruins locker room, for that Bruins culture, that, like, you're in it as a team. Like, it's no, like, individual thing. Like, we see it right now with Jake DeBrus. Like, he can do what he needs to do, but when you're here, it's not about you. It's about the team. I just don't think that's a great fit, especially at this given moment. Yep, I agree with you there. I see you have some points around the league before we get into our mailbag. Yes. Um, I'm sure you saw Tom Torella said that he didn't like Trevor Zegras' Michigan assist because he thinks it's bad for the game. I don't, like, I know he just is one of those old-time hockey guys that there are no frills. Like, we see it with the Columbus Blue Jackets hockey game. Like, they don't play the most exciting game in the world. But I'm like, he scored a goal. Like, they got a goal out of it, and it was exciting. It got people watching the sport. I really don't see a single negative to it. (laughs) No, and it's like, I feel like it's just a way for, like, the older hockey generation to hate on the younger hockey generation for having fun and getting creative and like doing Mm -hmm. different things and it's like just because the game is changing in a way that you're not used to doesn't mean that it's bad no and I'm like Zegers has done so much already this season that I feel like has gotten so many new eyes on hockey because you have people talking about it that typically don't follow the sport 
and now they're like, oh, here's a young, exciting kid doing these, like, fun things. Like, the Ducks in general, I feel like, are just kind of a fun team to watch this season. Like, they've been such a surprise. Like, I've started kind of following along with them just because they are exciting to see. So I'm like, mm-hmm. and I have no interest in the Ducks. I never really particularly cared for them. But it's fun to watch. So especially if you're new to the sport, like, I that would be a team I would go and look at. So I don't see any negative to it. Yeah, totally. I don't really care about old people who aren't having fun and who are miserable. So, like, whatever. <laughs> um, I see you have a comment about the Olympics, too, which is huge because I feel like so many people have been talking about that this week. Yeah, I'm going to guess there's no way they are going to go. Like, Mm-mm. China. Like, there's no way. Because God forbid anyone gets sick there, which they probably would. It's a super spreader thing. No. <laughs> I think as much as I'd on, love for it to happen. Yeah, I think on top of all of the issues that they're having with, you know, sort of I don't I don't really know how to word like I don't wanna I don't wanna be offensive about everything, all the problems that China's having with, you know, sort of religion and things like that. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. I don't yes. really know how to yes. Um I think that that's a problem. And unfortunately, that is where this virus started. It's a very populated area. Not that it matters where it started anymore. It's here. It's been here. Uh, I just think that the population is so large. And when you add a population of, you know, thousands of people into an Olympic village who aren't going to keep their hands off of each other, we know that fucking Olympians fuck like crazy. Like, that's nothing new. It comes out every year how many, like, fucking condoms they go through and shit in the Olympic village. Like, you're not going to stop that. Um, so I think that it's just kind of, we're getting to this place where they've found an excuse and I'm not saying they found an excuse because it's not an excuse. It's just another excuse on top of things that are more controversial potentially Mm -hmm. to not send athletes of any sort. Yeah. I just think it's a bad idea all around. Cause like you said, there's already all the other, even before this whole outbreak happened, there was already questions about if it was a good idea to go in general. I feel like this is kind of just the icy on the cake, like do not fucking go like I love watching especially hockey in the Olympics but I just think it would kind of ruin the rest of this season because you know what would end up happening yep yep I totally do and I totally agree with you so do you have any other comments about the NHL nope all right mailbag segment it is I think that I screenshot the Instagram questions. I did screenshot the Instagram questions from the other day, so I have those, and I can pull up the ones from today. So I'll do Instagram, you do Twitter? Yep, uh, so I have all the Twitter ones pulled up right now. We have a lot cool. on Twitter, so we're probably not going to get through all those ones. Okay. Um, do you want to do Twitter first while I scroll through these? Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Because we got so many. Okay. What do you think would be more difficult? Playing basketball on skates and obviously on ice or playing baseball on a field made up entirely of jello? Basketball on skates. Yeah. Because I feel like if you fell, it would hurt way more. Whereas like if you're in jello, like I feel like you could just like drag your feet through it, right? Yeah, plus like baseball, like you're only running so much like for the most part you're standing for long periods of time so when you do have to run you just have to fucking power through whereas basketball you'd be skating the entire time (laughs) 
Plus, like, I feel like, how would you ever get, like, your feet set to shoot the... That's a good question, but I'm I'm going to go with I don't want to play anything on skates. I, nope. Plus, actually, no, <laughs> Sarah, oh my god, I'm deathly allergic to jello. I have to do the basketball. You're allergic to jello? Yeah, because it's colored. Ugh. I, like, Yikes. I would actually quite literally pass away. <laughs> okay, so I guess it's basketball and ice. Fuck! Okay, fuck, oh, damn it. Over, that's what you have to do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, where? Hmm. <laughs> okay, we got a lot of questions, like you said, ask about Urban Meyer and who you think the next coach should be. We already yep. got into that. If Let's you see. are listening to this and you scrolled through our other stuff to hear your question, go listen to timestamps. will be up. Go listen to our Urban Meyer segment from earlier. Okay, this one, favorite holiday seltzer. The cranberry I mean, I one. I the holiday pack, so I don't really Bud have like an opinion cranberry. on that. Bud Light Cranberry. Yeah. Is a cheesecake a pie or a cake, but what kind of cake has crust? It's a pie. Cheesecake. I would say it's a pie. Definitely a cold pie. I would say, I, I usually just consider it its own category, but if I had to pick between a pie and a cake, I would say it's the pie, yeah. It says crust. Yeah, cold pie. Cold pie. Yeah. Damn, that's weird to think about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a question. Well, this person tweeted, one question for me, one question for you. So okay. for you, it, it's how many rounds would it take for you to knock out Urban in a kickboxing fight? Bro, honestly... I think I would see just red and I would black out and all of like my years of martial arts training, <laughs> I'm I, like half a round. Like honestly, I think I would roundhouse kick that motherfucker to the face <laughs> one time because like he seems like he's such a hard ass like me, me, me type of person. I think that he yeah. is the biggest pussy in the whole world. I bet he has been like in the fucking fetal position crying himself into just oblivion today <laughs> half a round right. i don't even need i don't even need the whole thing i don't <laughs> all right half a round to take out urban meyer <laughs> uh, the same person asked the question for me completely different what was the <laughs> process like when you're going through it for your job <laughs> i'm guessing it means like the interview process um I applied because this is, we don't have to get into the details of it, but I actually had another job lined up, kind of dragging their feet. We don't have to sneak, go into that, but they're dragging their feet. So I just kind of started applying for their jobs, whatnot. And this was not a job I thought I was going to get just because you know how sports are. Usually nine times out of 10, you're going to get rejected, let alone. It's a miracle if you get an interview. So I got contracted by a recruiter. I had the interview and it was a pretty quick process from there. Probably one of the quicker processes I've gone through in terms of sports jobs. Cause I feel like for a, most of them, they usually take like over a month. Like it was a very quick turnaround. So yeah, it was a pretty simple process. Actually. I was very, very happy with that because it has been hell <laughs> the last couple months. So that was very nice to happen. Yeah. Okay. If you guys could relive one sports experience, what would you relive and why? 
I don't know if this means in like, person or just... Yeah, I was just going to say, is this in person or just in general? I want... I'm taking it as in person because I feel like there's a lot of games I've watched that I would love to relive, but mm-hmm. the ones in person are more fun, I feel like. Okay, so what would you say? Oh, that's tough. I like, remember the monster was really good. I would say I think most of my answers would be like either when we were on the monster for the wild card game the wild or card game. when me and my sister at the game this year when they clinched to go to the ALCS that was exciting yeah. I would say either of those games I think mine would be so 2017 I was a sophomore in college and I came up here for winter break and I was still at Auburn and mm-hmm. 24 hours ahead of the Jags-Bills 2017 playoff game, I bought a ticket, drove from Boston to Jacksonville straight through the night to get there at 1 p.m. for kickoff, and we beat the Bills in the playoffs during that, like, 2017 AFC Championship run, Mm -hmm. and that was so sick because it was, like, One of the first playoffs that, like, I remembered really well. I was an adult. I went to the game. How I got there was nuts. And then watching your hometown crowd boo your, like, childhood middle school quarterback because they he played for the other team and threw an interception to end the game. Fucking awesome. (laughs) Shout out Nate Peterman, baby. That's a good answer. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know you went to that game. I was at that game. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So those are both solid answers, I think, for us. Very on brand. Yeah. Very on brand. Okay. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I know this is a very yes. big debate that people talk about. I've never seen Die Hard. So yes. I have no clue. Yes? Yes. Okay. Yes. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Would you rather be stung by a bee once a week? but not know when it's coming or stung once a day, but you get to schedule it. Once a week. Yeah. I don't want to be stung once a fucking day. <laughs> I don't care if I know it's coming. Once yeah, a day. Rather, yeah. Yeah. Once a week. Yeah. That, that's easy. Actually. Definitely once a week. Yeah. Okay. Once a week. To you. What's the difference between mostly sunny and partly cloudy? Oh, this just like put my fucking brain in a pretzel. See, mostly when I think mostly cloudy. I like picture. No, it's mostly sorry, sunny, mostly partly sunny, cloudy. Partly cloudy. Partly cloudy. I still just picture like a decent amount of clouds in the sky. Mostly sunny, you know, like those days when there's like maybe two or three clouds, but it's still pretty much sun. That's yeah. how I see it. Yeah, like when my brain <coughs> paints a picture, I see it the same way as you. I, I promise yeah. I'm not high right now. That just that sentence was <laughs> fucking absurd. But like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When my brain paints a picture, can we talk about how I just said that? Like, that just came out of my mouth. <laughs> some of these questions I skip over. Some of the questions are like, would you rather fight this? Because I think we answer one of those questions once a week. They just put my mind on pretzel. I can only do so much of those. And that one, I was like, oh, this sounds good. But the more, that was too much thinking. <laughs> oh, that hurt. Yeah, all right. Okay. Could you guys ever see yourself dating a guy who roots for the rival team's 
for the rival teams of the team you root for. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I, don't I really yeah. Care. <laughs> yeah. Hate sex is cool. Whatever. Fuck it. I, I don't give a fuck who the fuck you root for. <laughs> as long as, as long as you're not one of those fucking assholes that's like a Lakers, Yankees, Patriots slash oh, yeah. fan. Fuck that guy. That's like I don't even like I don't hate them because of their teams. I hate just because of the combination of them. You know the type of person that is. That's like yeah. just an annoying person. That has nothing yeah. to do because of them. Like in their yeah. sports performance. <laughs> yeah, like if you were born in Dallas or you were born in New York or like you're I don't I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. All right. All right. Good question though. That is a good question, but yeah, I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, of the seltzers you've both tried, if you could only have one brand for the rest of your life, which would it be? I feel like this is a cop-out answer because it's not my favorite brand slash some of them could kill me. But I think I'm going to go with Bud Light just because they come out with new stuff all the time and there's always like a seltzer that I can have. Like, I can always have the strawberry one and I love the strawberry one. The cranberry one during the holidays, if they don't bring that back, I will fight someone. Um, but I think, I, I know that that's a cop-out answer because, like, it isn't my favorite, but Bud Light. Well, that was my answer, too, just Bud Light, because they have so many flavors. Like, they're not all particularly, like, my favorites, but mm-hmm. there's such a variety to them. And I also just kind of prefer them. Like, I feel like Truly has a lot of flavors, but I just don't like Truly's as much. So, Bud Light as well. Yep. Yep. All right. This one, I just remembered, was dm to us because the person wanted to be private this was asking us for advice actually do you feel like you can reach a point of being friends with someone for so long where asking them out would ruin the friendship either way yeah definitely yeah because i think like unfortunately unfortunately like you reach a point where you throw off like the trust you have with each other and the chemistry you have with each other as friends I think that if, like, that hasn't been, like, made evident by both of you in some sort of, like, flirtatious way, if you've been friends for a long time, you kind of have to leave that relationship where it's at because, like, you have to decide whether, like, you feel so strongly about this that you have to say something and you know it might fuck up your friendship or you just have to shut up for the rest of forever and watch them be happy with someone else, which is inevitable. Sorry if that's harsh, but it's true because, like, I know that that's happened to me and, like, I don't think that I actually... I don't know because I do have a friend of mine who's like one of my best friends who used to have feelings for me and we had that conversation and like it's not weird anymore Mm -hmm. but like I don't know if like they feel awkward about it or if they ever like got over having feelings for me but I I I don't think you can. Yeah because the person who sent us this question is a guy and I kind of thought of it from the perspective like just speaking as a girl if I was friends with someone for so long and then they randomly just came out and said that I feel like girls, like, usually they'll make it known somehow. Like, you're able to pick up on if they're interested in you like that. So, I think at that point, like, after so long of being friends, if you haven't felt that at a certain point, then saying it, like, they probably don't see it that way. I mean, you never know, really, until, like, yeah. you go out and say it. But there's such a risk with that. I, such a risk. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm going to go with no because – I think that, like, my situation was really specific because there were, like, some outside factors that played into it um, with, like, mm-hmm. work stuff and, like, that sort of thing. So, no, I don't think you can. Yeah. I don't know. Ugh. Okay. 
How did you guys decide to launch a podcast together? I feel like we've talked about this before. Yeah, I definitely think we have. Um, Go listen basic- to, like, the first episode. Yeah, basically, just, like, a synopsis if you haven't listened to the first episode <laughs> or you're a new listener. Like, I feel Sarah and I both feel as though there is so few girls doing a podcast on their own like there's so many dudes podcasts there's a few podcasts that are mostly dudes with a girl or a dude and a girl but I feel like the like space for women and women advocating for other women in sports is so small and like Sarah and I are both so passionate about that that like and it it was hard for us to I think both of us to it was something that we wanted to do but it's it's easy to find Mm -hmm. someone who's who will say yeah I want to do this I'm all in I'm willing to put the work in but 99.9% of the time, they are not willing to put the work in. And that was the issue that I had. It was, like, I was so all in. Like, I was willing to put the money in, the time, like, all of those sorts of things. And I just couldn't find someone to match that energy. No, oh, yeah. I feel like I had kind of a similar thing where I would have people be like, oh, it's people I also know, like, no dig at them. Like, they just, like, were like, oh, we should do a podcast together. Like, very, like, casual. Like, people that are not really into sports like that. They're like, let's just, like, shoot the shit, whatever. And, like, that's fine. Like, that's fun and all. But I was like, well... I made it, like, I've been working so hard right now in sports media that, like, I want it to be something that can, like, help me, like, help others, like, with the platform, not just kind of, like, oh, let's just shoot the shit for an hour a week and, like, not put that much thought into it, just kind of, like, a thing on the back burner. So I feel like we have to find people with that same level of commitment, which, thank God, we were able to find that because it's tough. (laughs) It is. Yeah, I had that conversation with so many different girls, like, wanting to do the same thing, and it was, like, everyone was always, like, when you're drunk or whatever, and I was, like, yeah, like, I so want to do this, and then you're, like, all right, well, I want to get started on it, and you, like, are, like, hey, I'm gonna do this, can you do this, or, like, let's, you know, figure this out, people, like, oh, well, I'm really busy, Mm -hmm. and it's, like, everyone's fucking busy, it's almost 2022, like, everyone's fucking busy, but you make time for the shit you care about, and I will die by that. A thousand percent, like, because we take, like, a few like it takes time out of your week for sure but again like you said you make time for what you care about like we have had no issues where it's like oh I don't want to do the episode this week like you just find time in the week I don't know (laughs) because I feel like people ask us that question I'm sure you hear it a lot too like what's your advice for starting a podcast I'm like I feel like people have like horror stories we have had no real issues like that just because we are on the same page and I think yeah we're lucky in that aspect and it is hard to find that but it's yeah that's just how it played out totally and it's like we've done this for 21 weeks now and we we figure it out like we always make time for each other we work around people that we have as guests but I think the biggest piece of advice I can ask or give someone who is starting something with someone else Sarah and I have a written slash unwritten rule that we are friends first and business partners second. And I don't want that to ever change. I like that is just such like an important thing for Sarah and I that we mm-hmm. have stood behind very strongly because like you, you look at people, you know, like uh, Alex Cooper and Sophia, what's her face. And it's yeah. like, they were friends, but they like both wound up throwing each other under the bus. And it's like, it wasn't good for either of their careers really. Like, yeah, she signed this big fucking deal, but it was this big disaster for her. And she lost her best friend and stuff like that. And it's like, I like stuff like that. I never want that to be us. And it's like the fact that we have this rule between each other, like things that we, like, I will take your shit to the grave and I know you'll do the same for me. Like, that's just, that's just how Sarah and I operate. And I don't see that changing. Yeah. A thousand percent. So that's advice for people starting a podcast 
find people that are on the same wavelength as you. It sucks because it's hard, but maybe you'll get lucky what we did. <laughs> yeah, it's true, though. Like, I mean, you hear, like you said earlier, like you hear no in this industry a million and one times. And, you know, it turns out that these no's or these maybes or whatever, it doesn't seem like it at the time, but sometimes it's the best thing for you. Like, I had three different girls that I, like, had conversations with about starting something. And it never happened. And then I found Sarah and we're here and we have like these friends that we've built through this, this community that's like fucking awesome. Like I just, I wouldn't change it for the world. It feels like earth shattering at the time, but sometimes the things that are like the hardest for you Mm -hmm. to get through do like the most for you at the end. No, it's so true. Cause people say that all the time. They're like, yeah, those no's usually end up being something good for you. Like what's meant to be is meant to be. And it sucks to hear that at the time, but it usually does work out that something better is going to come your way instead. Totally. I agree. What's our what's our next Twitter cue? This one is completely different. Which team mascot would you like to date and why? I think Jackson DeVille, which is biased, but because he jumps off of really high things like head first and I would love to do that. Okay. That's a good answer. Yeah, I like I know that that's like a cop out answer, but like I don't know, Jackson's just always been like a homie, and he used to be my neighbor, like the guy who was actually Jackson Deville. So <laughs> he used to walk his dog on like one of those like mopeds, like literally just used to really? like, zip around the neighborhood with his like little ass dog like running around. <laughs> oh, that's kind of cute. So that's my answer. What about you? Oh, but gritty. Mm. Well, see, I, the only mascots I can think of that, like, leave a lasting impression here is, like, fucking Gritty or something. I'm like, I'm not saying Gritty. Murder me. Um, I love Gritty. See, I like the chaos. I love the chaos. <laughs> I don't want God. peace. I want problems. Always. I think I'd go Bernie Brewer. <laughs> okay. For why? He, just, he goes down He goes down as a little slide at the Brewers game. His whole backstory is that he just makes beer for a living. I feel like he has a good vibe to him. I'm going to go Bernie Brewer. All right, there you go. Sarah okay. wants stability. Do <laughs> I want stability. <laughs> if you didn't live in Boston, where would you want to live? Is money an issue? I'm going to say no. Like, this is, like, ideal situation. (coughs) I think I have to stay in the U.S. just because of, like, family and travel and all those sorts of things. I don't know. I'd love to live in California, but I have this, like, it's not an irrational fear, but it's, like, a massive fear that, like, the San Andreas is going to, like, fucking blow the fuck up. So, mm, I don't know. Maybe, like, I don't, dude, mm. Maybe, like, Arizona. I don't know. I love the desert. I don't know. See, I'm stuck between two because one of my answers is going to be, like, San Diego. But also, I don't know if I could commit to the West Coast like that. Mm-hmm. But then, like, just, my other like, I love be... California, but, like, the fucking mm-hmm. San Andreas, man. Because mm. my other answer is going to be Montreal just because I feel like it's a fun place to be. But I don't know if that's where I would ideally want to live, like, long-term. Maybe, the like, cold. just for a year. See, I feel like I'm kind of whatever about the cold at this point. Ugh, I it. Hate would it. be fun. All right. I feel like that's not – those aren't bad answers. We're just completely on opposite ends of the spectrum, per usual. Yeah. 
Me okay. wants to be a lizard a- in the sun in the desert. Sarah, yeah, I think I'm gonna live in the tundra. <laughs> I just feel like Montreal's fun. Ah. <laughs> All right, what's next? Okay, we'll do two more from Twitter. One of okay. these I wanted to get into, but I feel like it's actually a very large question. He asked, as someone who's a diehard baseball fan, I recently got into hockey. However, I'm having a hard time understanding the sport. You have some time on your podcast for a hockey 101 for new fans like me. I feel like we could give a very extensive answer to this. If you're a new hockey fan, I feel like the easiest answer is hope for pucks on deep. <laughs> pucks on that. Make yell, their D-turn. <laughs> yell, shoot up in the balcony at the garden and you'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> I I feel like if you like soccer too, it's not that hard to find like to figure out because it's very similar. Sort of. I mean, like it's similar enough if you like soccer. Um yeah, I don't know. I, tweet us or, like, DM us, other than this person, obviously, if you would like that. And maybe we could put something together. Um, but, yeah, my biggest, yeah. Pucks on net, make their D-turn. Uh, Any other classic answer that someone ask, gives you in fucking press when you say anything. Yeah, so now I feel kind of bad, though, because if this person is a regular listener, when, I think I said something about box across, I'm like, oh, it's just, like, kind of like hockey. <laughs> But I guess if you don't follow hockey, it's hard to follow. Just say A all the time. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. That actually reminded me. Someone tweeted at me after my announcement. They're like, oh, like, first box lacrosse. Now you're working for the NHL. Like, are you sure you're not? (laughs) I saw that. Yeah, you might be. You also want to move to Canada. So maybe we should find you a nice Canadian man. To have, like, dual citizenship. I know some Canadians, but... <laughs> um, also, see. I just... I have to say this before we get into this other question. My friend the other night sent me a picture of him, like, butt naked, like, blacked out, floating on a alligator pool floaty, and I just scrolled over from, like, our Instagram questions to that, and it really threw <laughs> me for a loop. But anyways... <laughs> Okay, this is our last Twitter question. Sorry if we didn't get to all your Twitter questions. We had a lot of them. Yeah. Which city has the worst sports fans, in your opinion? New York. Yeah, New York. <laughs> New York. New York all day. Uh, glad we agree. Uh, we don't have a ton of Instagram <laughs> questions. I, I mean, our following's mostly on Twitter anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So our first question is, do your moms know about what you deal with when it comes to trolls? My mom knows what she sees on Twitter, which probably isn't a whole lot. So, yes, but I don't think not really, to be honest. Yeah, um, I don't think so for the most part. Like, sometimes I'll, like, mention something to her, but Mm -hmm. she doesn't really pay that much attention, I think, to Twitter. Yeah. I'm gonna go no. (laughs) Yeah. Um, how did you two meet and become friends? We met on Twitter. Internet love is on real, brand. people. Yep. On brand. Uh, did you like my Twitter thread on your mom interview? I loved it. Yes, I did love that. It was That was good. Kind of threw me off at the time because I was like, did we release that episode like a month ago? But it was just so funny to hear like a breakdown of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, how does it feel to be the most bussin' podcast ever? <laughs> 
Honestly, I wonder pretty, who sent this one. Pretty damn good, Anthony the Red Sox fan. Thank you for asking. Love um, Anthony, most bussin' love, fan. Love most bussin', <laughs> bussin' and amazing. Um, yep. How long amazing. have you? <laughs> how long have you two known each other? I feel like probably like right after your birthday last year. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So like since May, like not even a year. Yeah. Um. Someone asked us to rank the seven wonders of the world. I have to look them up because I honestly don't know. I, say, them all. I have no idea what the seven wonders of the world. I spelled world wrong. I know English. Um. All right. Well. So it's the Taj Mahal, the Coliseum, the. Chichen Itza, Machu Picchu. I don't even know what that is. I know Christ Machu Picchu. Red- okay. Dude, all right. I'm going to go Taj Mahal, uh, the Great Wall of China, and the Colosseum, and then Machu Picchu, and then Christ the Redeemer. Everything else, I have no fucking idea. Actually, I'm going to put Christ the Redeemer last just because religion is wild. I don't fucking know. I don't know. <laughs> I guess Taj Mahal, number one. Um, Machu Picchu's pretty cool. I'll give it two. Coliseum, three. Great Wall of China, four. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know. even know them. So, um, someone said, not a question, but want to probably congratulate Sarah on the NHL gig. Thanks. Thank you. Um, And then... Were your mothers into sports also? My mom's not really into sports, to be honest. I think that – I make this joke all the time because my mom was always, like – she. I think my mom wanted, like, a girly girl who would, like, wear lipstick and, and do all of those sorts of things, and she got me. Mm-hmm. And she's always, like, you know, the universe <laughs> doesn't always give you what you want. It gives you what you need. My mom is into sports. I, I know she said it on our podcast. Like, her number mm-hmm. one's football, but then I'd say her number two's baseball. So, yeah, we, we have a decent amount to talk about in that realm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, your mom loves football, which I think is dope. Um, moving <laughs> on to our pop culture shit of the week. I'm going to let you talk about yours really quick. I can still hear you. As always, I just got to grab my computer charger. I don't know why it's not in here. It's in my room. Enjoy my jersey Okay, collection. yeah, so my pop culture... <laughs> my pop culture of the week was Bridget Mendler. She was on Good Luck Charlie. She was in Lemonade Mel. She was in a lot of stuff, I think, on Disney Channel growing up. But... People found her LinkedIn. I guess she is right now. She's going to Harvard for her JD, and then she's going to MIT for her PhD. Uh, she's going to Harvard Law School, MIT. She's going to get her doctorate in philosophy. She got her master's at MIT. She went to University of Southern California for undergrad. I just thought that was fucking sick. Like, what a definition of a girl boss. <laughs> She, law student, actress, like, doctor. That's fucking nuts, and I love that for her. And that made me love Bridget Mendler more. (laughs) I just plugged that in before my computer died, and that would have been a fucking disaster if we lost this entire episode. Um, (laughs) But, yes, I agree. Total girl boss move. My yes. pop culture shit of the week is LeBron James was photographed yesterday stepping out in an entire, like, Penguins, like, NHL Penguins outfit. Yes. Like, jersey, matching shoes, everything. 
I love that LeBron James is like, is, like he, I don't know if he's into hockey, but he's like seeming like he's into hockey. I think that like, it's really cool. We talk about this all the time. Like, unfortunately, sports like lacrosse and NHL have such a like backbone of being developed in like POC communities. And anytime I see like a person of color, like into a sport or trying to make a sport bigger for their community and stuff like that, whether it's like simply through wearing a jersey or like watching a game or going to going to a game, I think that that's really fucking sweet. I hate the pens, but like whatever. I saw someone say because I put my mind on a pretzel for a minute. Like, well, he's an owner of the team, and I was like, no, he's not. But I was like, well, he is in the Fenway Sports Group, and they did just buy the pens, so I guess. I was yeah. like, I doubt that's why he's wearing that, but I was like, maybe. I don't know. I maybe. just thought it was cool. Uh, NHL jersey. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool too. And like, who cares? It's you know whatever. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. Like anything like that, I think is awesome. Um, tea party mm-hmm. stuff of the week. I have Urban Meyer's daughter on Instagram. Um, I'm gonna like scroll through and read some of these stories because this is fucking insane. If you know anything about this entire man's career or just the Jaguar situation alone. Um, her first story, it's like 30 long, so I will make this quick, but it's, we already know who wins in the end. Prayer hands, cross emoji. The spirit of the enemy is in full force battle mode. In this world and in people, this is war. But like I said, we all know who wins in the end. The enemy, aka the world, really doesn't want to see good people win. And you can argue whether my dad is a good person or not based on what you see in the media. Super reliable source of info, as we know. Anyone who truly knows us knows how incredible of a person he actually is. And the world hates any platform we have, so he's going to create chaos to destroy it. Little does he know he's making it stronger. It's not over. Keep watching. What a bully. And like a bunch of pictures of him hugging people. Um, couldn't hurt a fly. A picture of him hugging her on her wedding day. The best buddy ever. A picture of him with her kid. This bully always says family is everything. Always forced us on stage to be in pics with him because he couldn't enjoy the moment without us. Here's what you don't see in the media. Him signing a kid's football. Our biggest fan. A picture of him at a game. Always spoke about the power of love. She deleted a lot of these. I think I have screenshots of them. About her saying it's like fucking war and shit. Insane. Insane. Um... The enemy wants us to, she deleted this one. The enemy wants us to crumble and crawl in a hole, but I think you just released the Kraken in me. Hoping I inspire people to stand up for what's right. I was going to stay quiet in fear of what people think. Not anymore. Um, what else? Yeah, the, this isn't about people's opinions. I don't care, but when there's lies and people full on after my family, then I have a problem and I won't stay quiet. And then just a bunch of Bible verses. And still pictures of him. It's so coincidence a post about love has stirred up so much hate. LOL, true warfare, more Bible quotes. Um, just more Bible quotes. Yeah, pictures of her kids. Just a bunch of bullshit. Like, your dad's a piece of shit. Like, you're making yourself look like an idiot. Turn off your fucking phone. <laughs> this is war. You released what? the Kraken in me. I was like, that part kills me just because now I think it was the hockey team. I'm like, they released the Seattle Kraken. (laughs) Just like the tentacles coming out of the ice. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was like such bullshit. It's like his family never knows when to shut the fuck up. Like, I'm sorry your dad's a piece of shit. And like, I know he's your dad. But like, just know when to be quiet. 
today is not the day. Like, I saw someone the other day talking about how far the city of Jacksonville and its fans have been pushed in the last 11 months because of him. Let us have our fucking day. You do not want the wrath of this city, I swear to God, because it is bigger than you and your lame-ass dweeby dad. (laughs) So that's my um, tea party segment this week. Sarah, I had yours in our NFL notes, and then I saw that you have it as your tea party, and I am so happy that you do. Yes, so I'm Frequent flyer of the tea party segment. Everyone's probably seen this at this point. It is so fucking funny. Uh, Jackson Mahomes... I don't know if he complained about something at this Kansas City bar, like something, he made some sort of public statement about- They wouldn't seat him in like his giant party of people. Yeah, like he walked here with a huge party at the small business restaurant and they're like, yeah, sorry, we can't do it for you. They posted on their Instagram, I'll just read the caption because it is the funniest fucking shit. Okay. Dear at Jackson Mahomes, we are sorry that we set boundaries that you tried to ignore. Oftentimes, people with unearned status and a sense of entitlement think they're above the rules and will lash out at the employee enforcing them. We are sorry we could not seat your very large group. As you probably saw, our bar is very small. We are sorry that you have the reach that you do, or at least think that you do, and then instead of using it for something positive, you decide to use it to try and crush a small business. We survived a global pandemic. We'll survive your ego. We are sorry you didn't reach out to us first before taking to social media, but then again, that's an expectation we would have from a mature and rational person, not someone who pours water on fans and dances on the memorials of tragically lost people for TikTok clout. We have not been fortunate enough to be born into a much more talented and much more famous family, but we would like to think if we did that have that much luck, we would use our influence in more responsible ways. We hope our apology finds you well. <laughs> he can't be That serious. is the like best written thing I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> I just love anytime that anyone clowns anyone not named Patrick Mahomes with the last name Mahomes. <laughs> I don't know. We've said it so many times. I don't know how the fuck he does not, like, just lose his mind at this point between his wife or fiance, whatever the fuck she is, and his brother. No. (laughs) Too much. Too much. Yeah, I love that they absolutely clowned him because I saw both posts and was just like, holy shit, like, shut the fuck up. Like, I know that that's my response to everything that ever comes out of that kid's mouth, but I'm just so sick of him. So sick of him. How does he still have an... I'm convinced... His entire audience is just people who, like, hate him. Like, does he have any actual fans? No, because I've gone through and, like, look at his TikTok comments just to see, because I was like, are, like, younger people really into this? They're, like, probably the meanest to him. They're like, they say mean shit. He doesn't have, like, one nice comment on anything he posts. As they should be. Good for Gen Z. Bullying is (laughs) shitty, but it... Only bullying only builds character when it's against Jackson Mahomes. I would say in this case, I encourage it. So, and it's not <laughs> like it doesn't work because he continues to talk and do this uh, shit. So yep. you know what? Keep going, everyone. Keep yep. going. Um, do you have any tweets of the week? I don't think I do actually. All right. I have three. This one's really stupid, okay. but it like I honestly laughed about this on my couch. For probably a solid 10 minutes. Someone (laughs) with the username RealisticMike47 tweeted me and said, Hey, I'm Mike. (laughs) 
<laughs> Realistic Mike forty seven tweeted me and said, "Hey, I'm Mike. Like, thanks, Mike, but are you really Mike? Because that's something that someone who says they're realistically Mike would say." Stay woke, thank you, kids. Mike. Stay woke. Um, I had someone tell me this week that they masturbate to my photos. That was also a favorite. Thank you. Uh, also, I'm terrified. And then my last one was, so I drank a lot at my, like, friend Christmas party Secret Santa situation last week. Mm-hmm. And drunkenly ordered myself Crab Rangoon <laughs> because I knew I'd want them when I was hungover the next day. And I tweeted and I said that and I was like, how am I still single? And someone goes, you are not single. You're still trying to figure out how to introduce your partner to your family and protect them from the flame they'll give they'll give them for being with you before you go all in and introduce yourself to them. We know. It's complicated. <laughs> what, what does that mean? Like, I know that I said I'm half gay, but that doesn't mean that I'm just, like, hiding my partner. I came out. Like, I'm not hiding shit. Who wrote that? Are they, like, 80? That, that, that does not make a single word of sense to me. Their profile says their name is Eli and their at is Tom Yaki in hell. That checks out. That username actually does check out for sending a bizarre message like that. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Those are my tweets of the week. Sarah, do you have any closing thoughts? Nope. That message kind of put, <laughs> I have no idea what to think right now. That was fucking bizarre. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> Um, my closing thought is fuck Urban Meyer and your whack-ass family. Get out of my city. It's Hell yeah. been real. It <laughs> hasn't been fun. It hasn't been real fun. See you later. Thank you so much for listening to Saturdays and Seltzers. Keep on sipping y'all. And Wake up in the morning, check the time, and then the vibe. Smooth peanut butter curves with jelly above the thigh. Tell them no free sample if they ever want to try. Gotta buy the whole damn pie if you ever want to slice. That's the truth. Only tell the truth. What the hell you do? You got that juice. Fresh squeeze from Q. I can tell you new, and it ain't just you. Girl, it ain't just you. It's your whole damn crew. Got the haters on mute. Cause they love that view. Keep looking at you. Ain't nothing new. This is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. When Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them girl, get them girl. Cause this is not their world. They know you run the city, every town, every borough. They know you keep it real, keep it classy, keep it thorough. When Sundays are for the boys, the Saturdays for the girls. Get them girl, get them girl. Saturday, y'all. Uh, Saturdays and Celsius. <laughs> With your hosts, Kendra and Sarah. Uh, y'all know who it is. It's your boy KR. Spot a kiss on the track. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, uh.